0: Welcome to Kingdom Perspective broadcast with Dr. David O. Ogaga. It's a good subject to want to treat this morning, and I'm sure you are with your Bibles and uh, your writing materials, as the case may be. Because let me start reading from Ephesians four. Uh, remember, what we're dealing with: who is a prophet, what is prophecy? Amen. Who is the prophet and what is prophecy? As the case may be, and some of the related issues that we might probably be touching as we go on. Ephesians 4.11. The Bible says, and it gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Amen? God gave these. Uh, somebody asked me a question from the U.S. Uh, yesterday. and said, Pastor David, what have we got to say about the issue of prophets and And if that is an office, I said, yes, it's an office. Prophet is an office. Prophecy is a gift. I want you to know that. Okay. The fact that somebody can prophesy doesn't make him a prophet. You need to know this so that you'll be able to catch up with the full definition of the word prophecy. That somebody can prophesy doesn't make him a prophet. A prophet Is an office, just like the teacher, just like the pastor, just like the evangelist. Amen? These are offices that God put in his body. Okay, let's look at uh, Jeremiah chapter 1, who is the prophet. Let's start defining Jeremiah chapter 1. And verse number 5. The Bible says, before I formed you on the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart, God speaking, and I appointed you as what? A prophet to the nations. So, former in the womb, set apart before birth, appointed before all by God himself. Is that okay? Are we together? You only need to write down the scriptures. You don't waste time because we need to go on. Okay. So, here in Jeremiah 1 verse 5, the Bible tells us precisely that God sets prophets apart by himself. Is that all right? Okay, now let's go to Numbers chapter 12 verse number 6. Those on the slide, if you can be fast, fine. Numbers chapter 12 verse number 6. And he said, Hear now my words, God speaking. If there be a prophet among you, I the Lord. We make myself known unto him in a vision, and we speak unto him in a dream. So you see that. God has a way of communicating to his own prophets. It could be in a vision, it could be in a dream. That's why some of you who are prophetically inclined, permit me to use that word, you miss out in the things that you are supposed to be or who you are, Because you don't understand that God speaks to his prophet even in dreams. The whole book of Daniel was written in dreams. That was the whole vision, per se. The whole book of Daniel. And often say, prophet Daniel. But Daniel never said, "Thus say the Lord to anybody. Are Are you getting what I'm talking about? So that you can understand who is a prophet. A prophet could be a dreamer of dreams. And he could see visions. And God can speak to him, but these are methods by which God was speaking, right? Though in Hebrews chapter 1, the Bible says God spoke in thundering times in diverse manners. So when you look at the word diverse manners, he's talking about either vision or dreams or symbolism or metaphorically. That's what he means, diverse manners through the prophets. Is that okay? That's why I see in uh, Ezekiel 37. Ezra can have to take two sticks and bind them together. Talking about the house of Judah and the house of, you understand that? Those are metaphorical ways of speaking through the prophets. So, understand this. God speaks, in the first place, God speaks to the prophets. Understand that. Okay. Now, there is something we call in biblical interpretation, false occurrence of the word. In the first place, we'll find that the word prophet is not using Genesis 1 and 2. Okay. Are you still there with me? All right, but let's see where this word is used the first time. You can find it in Genesis chapter twenty, in verse uh, one up to verse seven. Now I won't have the time to read all of that, but just write it down. Genesis uh, chapter 20, 1 to seven is the story of Abimelech and Abraham. Is that okay? How that Abraham said Sarah was the wife, but the key thing we're looking at is verse number seven. And so, when the incident took place and God finally came in to say, No, this woman belongs to a man. It's not just a sister. You know, Abraham said it's a sister. And it's, it, when God began to say the person's wife, look at what he says. Now, therefore, restore. God speaking to Abimelech, verse number 7, Genesis 20. Now, therefore, restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet. And he shall pray for thee, and thou shalt live, and thou shalt restore. Her not, if thou shalt restore her not, know that thou shalt surely die, die and all that are dying So, the key thing we're looking for there is God said Abraham was what? A prophet. Now, there is never a place in scripture that I read where Abraham walked to somebody and said, Thus he the Lord. Am I right? So, what made Abraham a prophet? These are the things we're going to find out. I will make you see that. Just proceed another word. Now, another place again where the word is used is Exodus chapter number uh, 7 and verse number 1. Exodus 7 verse number 1. And the Lord said unto Moses, now this is why Moses was arguing that he can't speak and things like that. From Exodus chapter 4, but here in verse number, chapter 7 the Bible says, And the Lord said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a God of Pharaoh, and Aaron, thy brother, shall be thy what? Thy prophet. Aaron, thy brother, shall be thy prophet. Now, I have always interpreted this, and I've always made you to see it. When God said, Aaron shall be thy prophet, he didn't say, Aaron shall be a prophet of Israel. He will be a prophet to Moses alone. Now, what it means is, Moses will speak to Pharaoh, but God will speak to Moses Moses will speak to Aaron, Aaron will speak to Pharaoh. So prophet, in simple definition, simply means you hearing from a source and speaking on behalf of the source that is speaking to you. Is it clear? So we can say we can have the prophet of God. For instance, Moses was the prophet of God. Is that okay? But Aaron was not the prophet of God, he was the prophet of Moses. hallelujah simple word definition these are scripture definitions i just gave but if you go by word definition the word prophet uh, actually means a fourth teller or fourth speaker speaking forth the term laying stress on the entrance and not upon the vision i want you to understand the terms of the word prophet the emphasis is not on vision But on the utterance, because the word prophet actually means a thought teller, the one that speaks forth, It's like a mouthpiece. Are you there? Good. That is what the word prophet really means. Okay. The Hebrew words come from a root which means to bubble up and overflow as from a full fountain. So, I'm going to make you see some... Simple definition of this how to progress because you find that the prophet actually was not supposed to premeditate, he's not supposed to premeditate before he speaks, he doesn't, he's not supposed to know something before he speaks. It is as the spirit builds up within him, he speaks for God's mind. That is the prophetic. Okay, let's move on. I'll give this to you. But in case you, in case I forget or I miss it, you can write down 2 Peter 1, verse 21. The Bible says, The prophecy came not in old time by the will of men, but holy men of God speak or speak as they were moved. That word moved is like they were the bubbling of the overflowing of that which was within by the Spirit. Is that okay? Praise the Lord. So, it's actually one who speaks of things before they happen. That was a prophet. They speak of things before they happen. One who foretells future events—you can put that inclusive because you have somebody like Agabus. But I'm going to make you see when you speak of future events or things that are happening or to happen, God often says things so as to prepare those things either for the good things to happen or for evil things to be prevented. So, don't speak of things to happen and you don't have the solution to it. It's not from God. I'll give you an example as we progress on that, but just in case. Because I also make you see that sometimes people think when the prophet speaks and the word doesn't come to pass, that doesn't make him a true prophet of God. That is not true. On one condition when a prophet of God speaks a word, to a people in particular, they asked for judgment, and the people repent of what they were doing before, God averts the judgment. So, though the man has spoken that this is going to happen, but because the people hear the word of God, and they God averted the judgment, does not make the one who spoke a false prophet? Are you still there with me? But I'm going to make you see all of this bit by bit. Let's just make some progress, so that will be systematic. So, ah, uh, Foretelling or future telling was not the original notion of the word prophet. Amen? Just like we find that Abraham had nothing to speak for in terms of a futuristic happening. When God said he's a prophet. Is that okay? So, we find that we can say the way we've taken prophet today, Abraham was a prophet. Because there was nothing that Abraham was foretelling. Hallelujah. Praise the living God. Okay. So, um, let me just move on here. Now, like we said before in Abraham's case. Uh, but there is something that ruled out Abraham that made him a prophet. Can I show you that? Genesis 18. Something that made him a prophet. Genesis 18. Look at verse 17 and 18. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him. And they shall keep the word of the lord to do justice and judgment that the lord may bring upon abraham that which has spoken of him can you hear this so what made abraham a prophet was god will communicate to abraham what he wants to do and this instant god wanted to go and destroy sodom and gomorrah now He saying because i know abraham will be able to speak of my mind lead my my people or his children his way and the word of the lord i won't hide anything from him, hallelujah. So Abraham began to intercede for Sodom and Gomorrah. Remember that incident. Why he began to pray? Because God told him he want to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Is that okay? So the intercession begin to take place from Genesis eighteen twenty-three to thirty-two, where he started with fifty, then to ten, and then to thirty, then to ten righteous people. Is that okay? So God spoke to him, and that's why I'm going to make you see as we progress, for you to understand that intercessors are actually prophets of God. From Abraham's life, you can see that. Because God made him to see, he began to do what? Intercede. So if you are truly an intercessor, you ought to see yourself as a prophet of God. I'm going to make you see that as we progress. Amen? Amen. Alright, now Deuteronomy chapter 18, let's look at verse 15. God speaking to Moses. Deuteronomy 18, verse 15, down to 16. The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet, from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto me, unto him ye shall hearken. According to all that thou desirest of the Lord thy God in Horeb. In the day of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God. Neither let me see this great fire anymore, that i die not. Now, I want you to see it because it's very important to me. God here is speaking to the children of Israel and saying, Now remember, when they came to Sinai, God wanted to talk with them. And the Bible made us understand it was turning and lightning and people say, hey, we don't want to hear God anymore. You talk to Moses and Moses will talk to us. Is that okay? And God now said, well, not just that. After now, I'm going to raise up a prophet like unto Moses. Ye him shall ye hear. But the point is, God actually intended that he was going to speak to the whole people. Is that okay? So then... The prophetic ministry is hearing God. Hallelujah. The basis of the prophetic ministry is what? Hearing God. Now meaning, where you cannot hear God for yourself, then God sends the prophet to speak to you. Does that make sense? Where you can hear God for yourself, then he sends the prophet to speak to you. Otherwise, the whole community of Israel was supposed to hear God. Now, if they were all supposed to hear God, there wouldn't have been a need for the prophetic ministry. Hallelujah. God intends that everybody, his children, to hear him. And just like a father, every father speaks to his son. Praise the Lord. All right. Let's get down a little bit to New Testament. Just trying to see, if we keep to time. New Testament definition. Let's go back to Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3. New Testament definition. I'll try to give this. I'm looking at 4 to 5. Paul speaking. Whereby, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Hallelujah. It means the prophet have the ability or have been graced to receive some mysteries from God which other people may not have known. And that's exactly what happened to abraham the destruction of sodom was a mystery in quote, both to sodom and the people around but god made abraham to know because abraham was what a prophet you see what i mean right now the destruction if you want to look at the future aspect of it the destruction of sodom and Gomorrah was more or less future because people didn't know whether it was going to be tomorrow or next tomorrow it is already future but he made Abraham to know what he intends to do in the future. Are you there with me? I want you to catch it because it's very important. Now so the Bible is also saying here in the New Testament context that the mysteries which are not made known to men, God reveals to his apostle and prophet. That means there are some things that men don't know that he reveals to this class of people, these two classes of people, for the purpose of revealing them to his church. Hallelujah. Alright. So okay, now let me just say. now the word use here prophet is prophetess, which means a foreteller, a prophet, by analogy, an inspired speaker. By extension, a poet. And to me, that's very important. Now I'm gonna make you see this from the scripture. You go with me to Titus chapter 1. Titus chapter 1. And verse number 12. Titus 1 verse number 12. Paul speaking to Titus says, One of themself, even a prophet of their own said, Our prophet there means a poet. The Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. Did you get that? That gives you the definition of the word prophet. A fault teller, a poet. And um, scripturally speaking, if you go to Acts chapter 17, verse 28, Paul mentioned that as well. In Acts 17, 28, Paul mentioned that. Chief among the poets were Arastus. I did a research on this. Two major poets in the Cretan and Greek world were Arastus and Clintus. They were two very powerful poets. Now, this poet, remember, somebody who writes poems is a poet. And most often they bring up things that. You cannot easily see. And sometimes when you read the poems of some people, you find it even very difficult to understand what they are writing. Is that okay? That is why they are referred to as prophets. Can you get this? Okay. Now, that is the aspect of the foretelling, because they can paint pictures with the language. Is that all right? Okay. So the simple definition of the word prophet above makes it clear to us as to who and what the minister of the prophet is. He is the revealer of the secrets of God in Christ. Amen? The prophet is the revealer of what? The secrets of God in Christ, at least for the now. And that is why in Revelation 19 verse 10, the Bible says, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Because a prophet is a revealer of the secrets of God in Christ.
1: Hallelujah. Are we
0: following so far? Praise the Lord. And what testimony actually is from the Greek word maturia, which means evidence given, judicially or record, report, testimony or witness. It also means a witness. A witness is the one that can speak forth what he knows or he has seen. Hallelujah. Okay. So from the above we found that the true prophet is the one who reveals God's intents and purposes of unto an individual and the church in Christ. The one that reveals The intentions of God. Now this is very important. I try to be very uh, careful in giving you this definition. The prophet is the one that reveals the intentions of God for the church and for the individuals. Praise the living God. Are 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 you catching this? the one that reveals the intentions i'm trying to be very emphatic because you see if god intends to destroy you listen very closely he's going to tell you why he wants to destroy you and if you turn from why he wants to destroy you he will stop destroying you so don't give me a prophecy that have no solution then it must not be from God. Because any time God even wanted to destroy Israel, He would tell them why He wanted to destroy Israel. And what to do to avert the judgment. Are you sitting with me? And watch this. It means, I'm sorry. <laughs> Praise God. It means if somebody has to reveal a thing and it's not from God... But from the devil, there is a prophet of the devil. Because you are a prophet of the one that gives you your information. Does that make sense? Okay. Now, Amos 3 verse 7, the Bible says, Surely, Amos 3 7, Surely, the Lord will do nothing unless He reveals His secret to His servant, what? The prophets, that's the key thing, and this is what qualified Abraham to be what a prophet because he wanted to destroy Sodom and you have to reveal it to Abraham. So Abraham is a prophet because he knows what God intends to do. So if God makes you to see what he wants to do, you are a prophet. That's what I'm saying. And the church of Jesus Christ ought to be a prophetic community because they ought to see what God wants to do. So if you say God wants to destroy Nigeria, tell me why. If you can't tell me why God wants to do it, then it's not from God. Because God will tell you exactly why he wants to do what he wants to do. Hallelujah. We have so much, or so many prophets, so much prophet, whatever as the case may be, that are so much on a personal level, and there is nothing that has to do with the national level or even the church as a body. The only prophet we have today are the people that sees your grandfather's problems or whatever. They don't tell us where the church is going. They don't tell us what the country is looking like. They don't tell us and then forecasting football and things like that. Those are not the things I'm looking for. Amen? The Lord will do nothing except reveal it to his servants, the prophet. That's the key thing. So, if you're in your dreams, can see what God is going to happen in this church, what's going to happen in your community, what's going to happen in this state, you are a prophet of God.
1: Amen.
0: Praise the Lord. And that means the utterance you're giving is inspired by who? By God. Otherwise, when the word spoken turns away an individual or the body of, of from of Christ from attaining to the will and purposes of God for his or her life, then that is not from God, but from another source. I'm only trying to be fair. I'll just see from the devil. Now, the Bible says Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were prophets of God. How many of you remember that? Now, you see, I'm going to make you see that. When the Bible says, Touch no to my prophet, and touch no to my not that do my prophets, not prophet, prophets. He wasn't talking about the prophet walking the streets. That scripture was actually in reference to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That anywhere you go, he could warn Abimelech. He could warn the people. That is what it meant when he said, Touch no man, and know that I do my prophets no harm. He wasn't talking about a scripture that he can use to intimidate people. Is that okay? When you don't do the right thing, people want to talk and say something, Hey, look, I'm a prophet of God. Touch no my anointed, I do my prophet no. Forget that. Don't intimidate people. It was the scripture for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because they know the will of God. God was sending them. And anywhere he takes them to, the Bible says, we rebuke kings for their sake. That's what the Bible means. That is why he could go down to... Uh, Where's this guy Laban and told him hey listen you're pursuing Jacob but do no harm to him that's what he's saying he went to Abimelech he went to Laban he keep on warning them against these three guys that's what he means touch no me anointed I do my prophet no harm so it's not a scripture for somebody seeing vision and then intimidating you if you don't believe me I'm a prophet of God no man don't be intimidated you are also a prophet of God you can hear God for yourself that's what God wants Are using scripture to intimidate the body of Christ. Host my spirit. And that's what, because people don't understand who they are. Hallelujah. Did you get that? Now I want to define another concept of the prophet for you. Miracle workers are referred to as a prophet of God. You need a scripture on that? <laughs> Luke chapter 7, verse number 12. Verse 16 That's why I believe sometimes people begin to wonder because it doesn't kind of see vision for people in that sense. But how many of you have seen someone like Corbus call prophet? Is that okay? And people be wondering why and how it's because of the miracles. Miracle workers are also termed prophets of God, it's scriptural. Okay, let me read that. Okay, you can take that. Uh, do I need to read that because of time's sake? Okay, here was... Uh, oh, there was this lady that, that the child died or something like that. And they wanted to go and bury the child. Is that okay? In Jesus, the Bible says, saw so this woman, had compassion on the baby. And they lifted the baby from the dead and gave it back to the woman. Is that okay? Right, verse 15, because of time's sake. 15, 16. Uh, the Bible said, I was there, sat up and began to speak, and deliver him to his mother. And there came a fear on all, and the glorified God, saying, That what? A great prophet is risen among us. And God has visited these people. Now, he didn't prophesy, he raised the dead. Did you get that? You need to understand what the word prophet means. I'm, I'm, I have to go to all of these details so that you don't get intimidated. Another scripture, Luke 24. Luke 24, verse 18 to 19. These are two guys on the road to Emmaus. And the Bible said, And one of them, whose name was Cleopas, and said unto him, 'Are thou, thou, a stranger in Jerusalem? Has thou not known the things which are come to pass during these days?' And he said unto them, What things?' Now, remember, Jesus was just trying to play games on these guys. And he said unto him, concerning Jesus Nazareth, who which was a prophet, mighty indeed and world before God and all the people. Definition of the word prophet. Mighty indeed and word. Of oh, visions. Now I'm not against that. But you know, act chapter two tells us that I'll pour my spirit upon flesh. Is that okay? They shall see visions, they shall dream dreams. No, that's the work of the Spirit. But I'm talking of occupying an office. Mighty indeed and works. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Does that make sense? Okay. Number three category of persons who are ten prophets of the Bible, intercessors. And that's how, this where some of you are supposed to be classed in, but you're taking it you know, you're just, you, you just taking it lightly. You don't understand the role you're playing. You don't know who God has called you to be. If you truly are an intercessor, you are a prophet of God. Hallelujah. I give you scriptures in that. I know you want that. <laughs> okay, praise the Lord. But I, I, I made you see one before, which is Abraham. Is that okay? Because God told him, what's the next thing he started doing? To intercede. He's a prophet. It's a prophet Okay I still want to make you see something Because it's a prophet Or prophetic ministry That really connected to supplication To prayers Okay i make you see that That is why the truth says God gives you A vision As a prophet It makes some demand on you It's making some demand on you Either for you to begin to intercede For the people For whom he has given you that revelation Hallelujah and so you see Jeremiah keep on interceding. God will say, intercede no more for these people. Because of the prophet. Prophet is not just to make a show off. When God begins to make you see things, he's placing a demand on you to begin to intercede beyond the level you have been praying before. All right. Are we there? Now let me give you a very typical example from 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18 on this. Let me give you a typical example. Praise the Lord. I'm looking at verse 28. Now, this are to do with the prophets of Baal. And the Bible says, And he cried aloud and called themselves after their manner with knives and lances till the blood gushed out upon them. And it came to pass when midday was past, and they prophesied until the time of the evening, an offering of the evening sacrifice. That there was neither voice nor any to answer, nor any that regard. Do you see that? Now, the Bible said they prophesied, but in the true sense, they were praying. Does that make sense? The prophets of Baal were praying. But here the Bible refers to their word prophesied. So when it comes to the place of intense Groaning, if I may use the word, you've moved into the dimension of what? The prophetic. Hallelujah. Because then God has taken over and it's not going to be speaking some things to your spirit which your natural understanding can no longer comprehend. That's why intercessory prophets of God. So, yeah, the prophet of Baal, the Bible said they prophesied. But what really means that they were praying intensely to see that the fire will consume the sacrifices. Is that okay? Come on, are we together? All right. Okay. Phew. Now, one of the reasons why prophets, I mean, intercessors a prophet of God because they have a close intimacy with God. By prayer and faith. Amen? They have the ability to come to the place of communicating with God and getting the mind of God, both with respect to the present, future. I mean, present and even in the future. And this is the word, the Hebrew word, "Abinabi," "Ibinabi," is the word for intercessors. Became in the process of time the public instructor or preacher, and also the predictor of future events. Because to such faithful pray men, God revealed the secret of his will. Revealed the secret of his will. Is that okay? Because they, they were so close to God, they can communicate with God. They, they can come to a place of intense praying before God, and God will begin to reveal his mind unto them. Is that all right? That's why intercessors are actually prophets of God. I probably am speaking to intercessors in this church today. That you come to the place where you truly come to know that you're not just doing some church group activity, but you're standing before God as what? An intercessor. To know his mind and know his will. Praise the Lord. Listen. 1993, I was looking at my diary yesterday and a lot of things, man, I was really scared. When Maxwell brought it to me, I began to see how both of us were walking. Even in the school and, and how we come to a place and I would say, this is what we're praying about. And we begin to pray and I say, what is God telling you now? And I said, God gave me the scripture. We read the scripture God begin to give us direction. Intercessors, prophet before God. I kind of value the diary more than anything else now because saw it for the first time 1993 saw the dimension that we're moving scriptures giving us we are praying god be giving scriptures even in fellowship and that's the way it should be we don't come to church pray just looking dormant and then, you know go back home we're supposed to pray god we speak to one or two persons and say, this is what god is saying that is what intercessory ministry really means you need to drive yourself in you need to come to that place where you can see and God can speak to you. Your ears must be popped open. Intercessors in this church. Hallelujah. I want to read an interesting scripture when it comes to the issue of prophesying. Let's get down to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And then a title so that you can see, like you said, I've been I've been which is the word for intercessor that become uh, instructors and and teach teachers so that you can understand how it relates to the issue of prophesying and the gift of prophecy. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14. I read from 24 to 25. The Bible says, but if all prophesy, that's if you come together in the church. And there are coming one that believeth not, or one unlearned, is convinced of all, is judge of all. And those are the secrets of his heart made manifest. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. Did you see that? Okay, let me take it from the message. And from verse 23.
1: Let me see a little bit closer.
0: The message translation, 1 Corinthians 14. I'm reading from verse 23. If you come together as a congregation... And some unbelieving outsiders walking on you as you are all praying in tongues, unintelligible to each other and to them. Won't they assume you've taken leave of your senses and get out of there as fast as they can? But if some unbelieving outsiders walking on a service where people are speaking out God's truth, understand that. Prophesying now. The plain words will bring them up against the truth and probe their hearts. Before you know it, they are going to be on their faces before God, recognizing that God is among you. So you see, prophesying is like instructing people in plain language that they can understand. Praise the living God. Are you see them? Okay, so let's move on very quickly as well. Got just about some few minutes more, I don't know. Okay, that's all right. Yeah, moving now. So, the next question I want to answer is Whose prophet are you? Uh, I already touched on this in the beginning, but let's still look at it. Whose prophet are you? Now, you write down the scriptures, Exodus chapter 4, and read from verse 14, then to verse 16. Exodus 14 Amen. man uh, you read that he has to do with Moses uh, Find time if you care, read it from the Amplified Translation, but the Bible simply says it shall be your mouthpiece. It shall speak for you. I said that before. So now if you go to Exodus 7 verse 1, which we read before, it gives you the simple definition of what that means. So here, if you want to answer the question who's prophet Are you, it simply means you are a prophet of whoever gives you what to say. Is it okay? Are we together? Alright. Okay, now let's move on. So, Uh, I've said this before he said that you're gonna be a prophet of God or a prophet of another source in other words you can receive prophetic words or prophetic utterances to me from about three dimensions it can be from God it can be from your mind or a familiar spirit. is that okay Now, when I say who's prophet are you, you can be a prophet of yourself. What I mean by that is you speaking from your mind, not from God. And if God gives you the word, then you are a prophet of God. But if from yourself, you are just speaking your mind. And then you can also receive an instruction from a familiar spirit. Let me show you that. Isaiah 8. Isaiah chapter 8. Look at verse 19 and 20. And when they shall say unto you, seek unto them that have familiar spirits, and unto a wizard, the peep, and a mortar, shall not a prof- a people seek unto their God for the living to the dead, to the law and to the testimony, testimony of Jesus with the spirit of prophecy. If they speak not according to his word. It is because there is no light in them. Hallelujah. Amen. If you check down, the Bible talks about seeking wizard and familiar spirit. The word familiar spirit actually is the same thing as wizard. Amen. And now the word wizard, the original meaning of the word wizard, means a knowing one. And somebody who conjures... Amen? And that is very important. A knowing one to conjure. You conjure from your mind, you conjure from other sources, but not from God. But you can say things, you can make people see things. Now, one thing you need to understand about familiar spirit is this. A familiar spirit is a spirit that can mimic you to somebody else. Okay? A familiar spirit can know your name, he can know your voice, how your voice sounds, and he can speak to your wife. Assuming maybe you are far away or something's going on. He can speak to your wife in your voice. You can mimic your voice, and your wife thinks you are the one talking. Are you still there? So a familiar spirit can kind of replicate a person's attributes. But that is not to say that is a right person and then when we talk about the knowing somebody who can who can who knows some things like I said who can conjure up some things not because God is instructing the person in that way so the fact again is I'm going to read a scripture in Acts 16 verse 16 Eli with this who's are you the prophet of God, a familiar spirit, or you're just speaking your mind as a source. Now, you find in Acts 16, verse 16, I give you a typical example of whether I probably is very close to this familiar spirit thing. Here was a girl that was prophesying or saying things about Paul. Acts 16, verse 16, down to 18, the Bible says, And it came to pass, as we, as Paul and Silas, or whatever, so when to prayer, a certain dame said, possessed with a spirit of divination. Met us could brought the homestead, not gained by a suit, saying. Spirit of divination is the same thing as the spirit of a python. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of God, who shall unto us the word of salvation. And these did they many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, not to the girl, to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. Now watch this, because it is very critical. What this girl was saying was actually the truth. So saying the truth doesn't make the person a prophet of God. I am saying a familiar spirit can tell you who you are. Your father's name, your phone number, your car number. A familiar spirit can do that. Okay. You're gonna say, okay now. Pastor, so how do we how do we determine which one is of God and which one is not of God? I'm gonna give you a scripture on that. Hallelujah! Are we together? Yeah. Let yeah. the Father somebody call your name, get all the figures in your name, and no, I'm not against that. It's possible God can do that. I remember 1990, 1993. I think we having a meeting in you know, Odiabidi, and uh, we have a brother called Remo who came to visit, or doing one group called ACMTC, and I was ministering, and the Lord gave me the name of the father, the mother, while I was ministering, and I said. Whose person is this here? Who knows this person? And he says, It's my mother. I said, This is what God is saying. And God can do that. I'm not saying God cannot do that. But it's not, it's not, uh, I don't know how to put it. Anyway, let me show you this time, time, time. Deuteronomy chapter 13. And Look at verse 1. I want to read it. How do you determine if this is from God and this is not from God? The reason I've said what I've just said is simple. Anything that is faked has a genuine one. Does that make sense? So, if somebody can call a phone number, God can really make people call phone numbers. That's what I'm trying to establish. Every fake thing has a genuine one. What we are concerned about is what is the source? And why would God be interested in doing that except He has His particular reason for doing what He wants to do? Hallelujah. Are we there? The Deuteronomy 13. If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, can you see the equation? And give it thee a word or a wonder, or a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder come to pass. Wherefore he spake unto thee, saying, Let us go after the gods, we have not known, and let us serve them. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God proveth you, watch this, to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Amen. And he shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice and he shall serve him and cleave unto him. And that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he had spoken to turn you away from the Lord your God. What brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you out of the house of bondage to trust thee out of the way which the Lord thy God commanded you to walk in. So thou shalt pull the evil away from the midst of thee. Amen. How do you determine a prophet or a prophecy or a word that is not from God? How do you determine that which is false? Is anything that turns you away from the Lord. Even though the thing is true. The Bible says the prophecy is true, the dream is true, but it's leading you away from God. That is false. God said, I allow that to happen to prove you. So the problem is not even the one that is deceiving you, the problem is you who cannot stand for what God is saying. Does that make sense? So don't blame the people that are deceiving the people. Blame the people that have been deceived. <laughs> are you sitting there with me? Say there arise a prophet, a dreamer of dream, and they give you a sign. Or a wonder miracle and the sign of the wonder come to pass. But yet the sign and the wonder is turning you away from your faith in God that is false. So when a man begins to tell you to sweep, bring a broom to church to sweep so that you get a miracle, and that you get a miracle because you sweat God doesn't sweep. God speaks. God created by speaking. Come on, am I talking to someone here? God simply said, "Let there be," and there was. Paul spoke to the spirit of Python and the lady, and the Bible said, right at that moment, the spirit left. He didn't pray the spirit into a bottle to break it on the road. When men begin to ask you to lay bottles to church with a cork, pray in a devil into a bottle and cork it and break it on the roadside, that is voodooism. It's not from God. God speaks, God creates by speaking. In use, you create by speaking. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when you begin to see all these things happening, though they are science manifestations, where is your faith in God? When your faith begins to move towards brooms and towards oils and towards... Where is your faith in God? That's the question. Because your faith is moving from God to something. As the Bible says, don't believe such prophet. I have allowed that to prove you whether you love me. So that you get signs and wonders by performing certain things doesn't make it God. Hallelujah. Am I making sense to you? I'm reading the Bible. So you must know who a prophet is. You must know what a false prophet stands for. Second Timothy 1 verse 7, the Bible says, God have not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So any prophecy that takes away your peace is not of God. Are you there with me? If a man tells you you you're going to have an accident, ask him why. God won't talk about you having an accident without telling you why he's going to allow you to have the accident. Man comes to tell you you you're going to die, ask him why. Always try to ask why. Is that okay? What did I say you should do? Ask why. God have to give the reason why he wants to kill you. Are you see that? God went to Hezekiah. I want to kill you. Hezekiah said, remember the things I've done. There was a dialogue. Don't take you want to die for an answer. Don't take you want to die for granted. Dialogue with God. God why? Do you want to kill me? And your life is in the hands of God. So a witch have no power to kill you. So if they come to tell you which one to kill you, ask why. Are you see that? I mean, these are simple words in the Bible. Is that okay? Okay. No, time is not a friend. I feel like preaching here. Now, I'm going to say because this is very important. The prophet has no monopoly of information of knowledge. He has no monopoly of information or knowledge. Very important. And I want you to take this serious. Deuteronomy 29 verse 29. I'm going to give you... Three examples of renowned prophets in the Bible who made mistakes because they do not have monopoly of knowledge or information from God. Deuteronomy 29 verse 29. Are you there? The secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children. Amen? Are you know with me the secret belonging unto the lord our god but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever that we may know that we may do all the ways of this law but what i want you to see the secret thing belongs unto the lord but the thing which he reveals belong to us now there are some things he can reveal to prophets it is what he reveals that the prophet ought to speak about. So the prophet doesn't know everything. He can know everything. So let no man think he knows it all because the a prophet. That's not true. Yeah, no, no, no. Rubbish. does it make sense. Okay, let me show you how. I want to make you see this. And this is what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians forty, verse 29. Let the prophet speak two or three and let the other judge. Why should we judge if they know it all? Amen? It means they can make mistakes. That's why we have to judge. If this is accurate, if this is from God, if this is right or wrong, we can judge. Don't take everything anybody tells you because you claim to be a mighty prophet. No way because prophet make mistakes now i want to give you an example <laughs> hallelujah you can write it down for samuel chapter 16 from verse 1 to 6. you know the story here is the bible tells us precisely in the book of 1 samuel chapter 3 verse 19 to 20 that Samuel was known to be a mighty prophet of God and the Bible said none of his wealth fell to the ground. Did the Bible say so? That means anything he says come to pass. That was the record of God about Samuel. Okay, but for Samuel 16, if you look at 1 to 6, what happened? The Bible said here, God sent Samuel to and anoint the king for Israel. He went to the house of Jesse. He saw this tall man Eliab, the senior brother of, of of David. Is that okay? And the Bible say he took the oil and poured it on his head. But was that the one God chose? No. Simon made a mistake. Does that make sense? So the prophet have no monopoly of information. It is what God revealed that He should speak. <laughs> Glory to God. Are you that Come on, I'm talking to someone here. Okay. I'm going to share another one. Nathan was a mighty prophet in the Bible. Amen? 2 Samuel chapter 7. If you look at verse 1 and 6. The Bible tells us here, yeah, Nathan went to King David. And David said, Hey, I put it in my heart to build a house for God. Son, I said, come on. That's a good walk. <laughs> Amen. Are you see that? He said all of that. I was kind of walking away. God said, no, come on. You go back and tell him. He made a mistake. <laughs> Did he make a mistake or not? Yeah. Terrible one too for that matter. He didn't know the mind of God. Because the secret thing belongs to God. So don't let anybody just come talk to you and say, Oh man, the prophet talked to me. No man, let the prophet speak one or two and let the people judge. The Bible says, believe not all spirit. Try them and see if they be of God. <laughs> Are you still there with me? I remember some years back, around 1993, a prophet of God spoke to me. And it didn't click in my spirit, so I went to him the next day and said, what did you say yesterday? And he told me, I said, what, what do you think God is saying? He said, no, God spoke to you, you should interpret. It. I said, no, you brought the word. Tell me what you think God is saying. He said, I have no answer. I was okay, fine, then I'm not going to take it. If you have no answer, I'm not going to take it because I have no answer. He didn't minister to my spirit. Try the spirit and see if they be of God. Hallelujah. Okay. So here was Samuel made a mistake. Here was Nathan made a mistake. Can I give you another prophet? Elijah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Second Kings chapter four. If you look at verse twenty six to twenty seven, and I like the statement that he made here. Ah. Oh. Hallelujah. Now, here was Elijah speaking. Run right now. He was speaking to Gehazi. I pray thee to meet her and say unto her, is it well with thee? Is it well with the husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, it is well. And when she came to the man of God, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near to trust her away. And the man of God said, let her alone. For her soul is vexed within her. And the Lord hath hid it from me. He had not told me. I love the sincerity of this man. The prophet has no monopoly of information. Don't be deceived. Did you get that? The child is dead. The woman said this well. But he knew something is wrong. But God didn't show it to him. So why do you think anytime you go to the prophet, he just tell you everything? And uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. it's correct. prophet said it. No, man. <laughs> Are you sitting there with me? You need to study the word. God, well, you know the word of God, no man can take you for a ride. Right. Hallelujah. Amen. So essentially, I want to remind you God really wants us to have a prophetic community. Is that okay? A prophetic community is the basis of God's mind for his church. What he intends is every church, as we are all together here, we are supposed to be hearing from God, and that is my passion, that is my, my intention, if, if one of you can remember. That's what I keep trying to make you see and to come into, that you should be able to hear God for yourself, because God intends us to be a prophetic community. Now, I'm not saying God doesn't raise prophet amongst us. God does raise prophet among us, but at the same time, we must come to the place where we... We have to hear some things as well for ourselves because we are God's children. Can I hear an amen to that? All right. Now take Exodus 19 in relation to a prophetic community. Exodus 19. Let me look at 5 and 6 and Deuteronomy 4. Hallelujah. Exodus 19. Let me just look at 5 and 6. Now, therefore, if you obey my voice indeed and keep my commandment covenant then it shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people for all the earth is mine and it shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation these are the words we that shall speak unto the children of Israel is that okay hallelujah God intends Israel to be a prophetic community and that's exactly why you find that as we read the find you he made them to understand that God was speaking to them and they came to God and said we don't want to hear God anymore but he said you are supposed to be a holy nation is that okay a peculiar people unto me. What I mean is, I'm going to be speaking to you as a community, and you go and speak to the rest of the nations as a community. That through you, the rest of the people come to know me. Is that all right? Praise the Lord. Okay, let me give you one that makes it a little bit closer for you Numbers chapter 11. Numbers 11. The Bible says, and Moses went out, Numbers 11, verse 24. And Moses went out and told the people the ways of the Lord and gathered the 70 men of the elders of the people and sat them around the tabernacle. And uh, this looks like a long reading. Okay. Now and the Lord came down in a cloud and spake unto him and took verse twenty five and took off the spirit that was upon him and gave it unto the seventy elders and it came to pass that when the spirit rested upon them they prophesied and did no cease. What happened? They prophesied and did no cease. Okay, I'm going to say something on that, but read on. But there remained two. Of the men in the camp, the name of the one is Eldad, and the name of the other is murdered. And the spirit rested upon them, and they were of them that were written, but went not out unto the tabernacle and prophesied in the camp. And there ran a the young man and told Moses and said, And the men that will prophesy in the camp. And no, no, no. You know the story. Is that okay? And the person around was well, Joshua. And so, what is happening here? Moses took the seventy elders and brought them to the tabernacle, and God said, I'm going to take off your spirit and put it upon them. And the spirit that actually took, which is the spirit of prophecies, was actually the spirit of wisdom, so that they can assist him in running the affairs of the children of Israel. It was a kind of the spirit of governance. Is that okay? But the Bible says they all prophesy. What that means is God can make a community of people to prophesy at the same level. The purpose is for God to reveal his mind to the entire community, and they can speak in one mind because they know God almost on an equal level. Is that okay? Come on, are we together? Now, if you see what Moses said there, just in case you see that. Um... Now look at verse 12. And Joshua, the son of man, the servant of Moses, one of the young men, answered and said, My Lord, Moses, have forbid them. Moses said, verse 29, unto him, Envious thou for my sake will God have all the lost people we what? Prophets. Look at that. And that the Lord will pull this spirit upon them. All the lost people. My desire is all the lost people because this is what it was before. They said, Don't talk to us, talk to Moses, and let Moses talk to us. Can you get that? So Moses is saying, I wish God can reverse what he intends to do on Sinai. So God intends that every one of us be prophets. How do you like that? And some of you are going to step into it. Yes. Hallelujah. This is what Moses said that I this true spirit of an apostle. That everybody will be exactly, he. the Bible says, Jesus speaking to the people, say every servant will be as his master. Amen. And Moses said, I want everybody to be prophets, not just me alone talking to the people. I want everybody to come to the place where they can become prophetic. Praise the living God. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. What about First Corinthians before this? Uh, First Corinthians chapter 14, we read that before, 23 down. Remember that? Praise the Lord. Okay. Okay. Now, Exodus 19, one more time. Uh, Exodus 19, uh, down to 20, but look at 20 verse 19, I think. That's okay. Okay, that's where we read Deuteronomy 18 before. So, here the scripture says, Exodus 19, oh no, Exodus, look at 20 verse 19, I'm sure. And the Bible says, and they said unto Moses, speak thou with us and we hear, but let not God speak with us lest we die. Remember that? Okay, this is, the, this is the main thing that changed the whole picture. Don't talk to us. Talk to Moses. So they made a choice. And that's why numbers, Moses was not praying at wish everybody can reverse to the original intent of God. That everybody can hear him. Did you get that? So God wants this house to be a prophetic house. That everybody can hear God. Because the basis of being a prophet is to do what? Is to hear God. So, true prophetic ministry relates to accurate communication of the words of the Lord to the listener. Is that okay? Are we together? Alright. Okay. If you take time to go read, I may not have the time to do that. You read... Um, Ezekiel thirty-seven. Write it down. Ezekiel thirty-seven. I think from verse number four, there about. I can't say precisely. But read it down to verse uh, ten or so. You're going to see how that the Bible says Ezekiel will use one word. The Lord spoke to me and say, prophesy, and then I prophesy as I was commanded. That's what I wanted to pick. Have you noticed that? Anytime he said, I prophesy as I was commanded, flesh came. I prophesy, I was commanded. I prophesy, I was commanded. It is as he was commanded, not as he thinks. And that is why our words are not effective because God is not giving us what we say. Most people you meet, their ways don't work. They give you all the prophecy, but nothing happens in your life. You're wondering why? Because God didn't command them to give the prophecy. If God gives a word of prophecy to anybody and it's a command from God, the, the word is going to be a root. Because scripture says, I sent it when he sent for this word, the word will not return to him, word, void. So when God spoke to Ezekiel and said, prophesy unto the dry bones. When Ezekiel went by the instruction, dry bones rest flesh. Most people give you prophecies that have no result because they are not a commandment from God. You need to know that that is part of judging prophecy. Is that okay? Because I'm looking at how do we judge prophecy and things like that. So let me just take a little look at this. Uh, I don't forget what I said. Bible tells us in Romans chapter eight verse fifteen, God have not given us the spirit of fear. Is that okay? Uh, we said that before. But here in Romans eight fifteen it said, For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, What? Abba, Father. We have received the spirit of adoption. Okay. Judging prophecy. First Thessalonians five verse 19. Let me let me see if we can go through this. First Thessalonians five nineteen to twenty one, the Bible says, Question not the spirit, despise not prophesying, prove all things, hold fast out which is good. If he says, hold fast that which is good, that means there are some that are not good. So, the only stress for on you to find out that which is not good, then you hold fast that which is good. That means not all prophecies are good. Does that make sense? Hey, does it make sense? Okay. 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14. I read just verse 29. Let the prophet speak two or three. Let the other judge.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Praise the Lord. Now look at verse 30. And if anything be revealed to another that's seated by, let that first hold his peace. For you all prophesy one by one. That all may lean and all may be comforted. And the spirit of the prophet are subject to the prophets. So don't tell me, man, I can't hold back. You can hold back. Is that okay? By implication, don't allow your prophetic spirit to cause confusion in the body of Christ or in the church. Praise the Lord. Are we together? Okay. Now, when when you're judging. Here we're looking at perhaps you're going to find out the source. Is that okay? And as to whether the revelation agrees with the new covenant principles. And as to whether there are anything close to it even in the Old Testament. hallelujah are you catching what I'm talking about you see don't forget these two books are one hallelujah are we there Good. most time when Paul speaks if you go back and read the scriptures anytime Paul is speaking especially when it comes to the issue of doctrine anytime he's speaking he always make reference to the old because one is a shadow wants the real thing praise the lord all right uh now one of the reasons why paul says there have to be judgment here or to judge the prophecy is that uh it's been taken for granted that a man might pretend to have the spirit of prophecy or function in the spirit of prophecy who was not sent of god amen and therefore it was the duty of the accredited teachers to examine whether what he spoke was according to truth and the analogy of faith for the spirit of the prophet are subject to the prophet every man's gift was to be judged of by those whose age experience and wisdom gave them a right to decide this is very important because we see people can like i said before you can speak from your mind you can speak from the spirit is that okay? Or you can speak from God's thoughts or God's commands. So when we judge, we're trying to find out what it is us. And just like I said before, anything that takes away your peace is not necessarily of God. Praise the Lord. If your peace is taken away and you come into the place of remorse, for instance, being remorseful. That is what we call repentance towards God And repentance towards man Every remorsefulness in your spirit Will lead you to repentance But to whom are you repenting Therefore everything that makes you To go into repentance we indicate as to who you are repenting towards Is it towards God or towards men? So then we find out that Why we judge is to find out whether What has been given Is of God or a presumptuous spirit, a familiar spirit, somebody can presume to be prophesying and speaking from their mind. Watch this. I think I need to rush this to give you a typical example of how to prophesy. I said that before in Second Peter chapter 1, verse number 2. The people who prophesy, they were moved by what? By the spirit. Is that okay? So I think for a many few moments, let me give you Two examples of prophecy in the Bible so that you can understand what I'm saying. How that you judge because it relates to it, uh, uh can I use this word? a kind of prophetic destiny, or it has to do with that could God has spoken before, and things begin to happen, and God begin to bring them up so that I can confirm what He has spoken. Let's get down to the book of uh, I gave you Ezekiel before, so you write it down. Ezekiel chapter 37, look at us, uh, four. On down to verse eleven, just write it down. I was commanded. I spoke. I was commanded. I spoke. Is that okay? Hey, are you still here? Okay, take that. Then um, let's get down to Elizabeth, Luke chapter one, very quickly. Luke chapter one. Let me give you a simple illustration. Mary was pregnant. Went to visit Elizabeth. Luke chapter one. Now, verse forty-one. Look at it. And it came to pass. Now, when elizabeth had the salutation of mary the baby lived in her womb and elizabeth was filled with the holy ghost watch that now remember as at this time the holy spirit had not been given is that okay but here the bible says elizabeth was filled with the holy spirit because second peter one tells us that the prophet of old they spoke as the spirit bubble up in their spirit the same principle right now watch this and she spake out with a loud voice did you get that when she was filled she spoke out the life was and said, Blessed are thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of the womb. And when this is to me, when this is to me, that the mother of my Lord shall come to me. For lo, as soon as the voice of the salutation sounded in my ears, the babe lit up in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that it for there shall be a performance of those things which were told of her from the Lord. Now, I want you to see this. There is a confirmation of what was spoken. get that it means you need to hear some things and somebody have to confirm the thing God has spoken to you so if you're not hearing anything from God how can God speak to you that is why people take it for granted because when they tell you things you have no way of confirming whether this is from God or not that's what I'm saying are you there with me Luke chapter 1 verse 67 Zachariah example of prophecy I'm giving you three examples now, one from the old and two from the new. Give you the one of Ezekiel, I'm not giving you the one of Mary and I mean Elizabeth and who? Zachariah. I'm reading from 67. When the mouth finally got open. After I've been dumb for disobeying or disbelieving God. You know what dumb for a while. Eh? Some of you when don't receive, where you receive instruction from God and you disbelieve, I think the next thing you get dumb and deaf. That's why you're not hearing from God anymore because he shut your ears and your mouth. Okay, verse 67. And his father, Zachariah, was filled with the Holy Ghost. I want you to see that word filled, feel, feel, was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Did you get that? Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophet, which have been since the world began. Since the world began, let me show you when war. It's not talking about the wall that was created, talking about the universe. But since the community of Israel came into being, and since God intended to do some things. Let me show you an example of what I mean. Jeremiah 23. In reference to when the world began, what Jeremiah said. I'm looking at 5 to 6. That is the reference that Zechariah was talking about. Look at it. Behold, the days come, see, the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch. Can you see that? Jeremiah 23, 5 and 6. And a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice and the arts. In his days, Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name, wherein he shall be called the Lord, Lord our righteousness. That's what Zachariah was making reference to. So, you see what the Spirit did. The Spirit got him filled and reminded him as he was speaking, not of himself, he could bring forth what God said to Jeremiah about the birth of Jesus Christ. Are you getting this? So it's like God bringing the bad to bring them into the future for a fulfillment. In other words, what, what, what was going on about the fulfillment of what God to Jeremiah some years back now be manifested in Christ. Praise the living God. Are we still together here? Okay. First Timothy chapter 4 First Timothy chapter 4 You can take this and go and do some research on your own Do some studies so that you can understand more So that you are not swayed, you are not deceived You are not messed around First Timothy chapter 4, Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine Now then Lord, the gift that is in thee Which was given me by, by the pro- prophecy With the laying on of the hands of the presbytery Meditate upon these things, give thyself only to them, that a prophecy may appear to all. Amen? To he take it unto thyself and unto the doctrine, continuing them, like he said there, for in doing these thou shalt both save thyself and save them that hear thee. Now let me explain something. Timothy was already a saved man. What was he going to be saved from? Is that trying when you give yourself to prophecy there, you will not backslide. Is that what he's saying? Because he was already a saved man. But don't forget this. Salvation is soul, and body. Is that okay? Come on, are we together? Meaning there is a continuous progress of what? Salvation. So the next level of life that you're going to move into, the Bible says when you hold on to the prophetic word, it takes you there. In other words, when God gives you a prophecy, it's taking you to another level in your life. Amen? Hallelujah. Okay. So, 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 um, Without regard, I summarize with this. When a word of prophecy comes to you, this is what you do. Don't neglect it. One. Practice it. Two. Cultivate it. Three. Throw yourself wholly into it. Meditate upon it. That's number six now. Your progress is determined by it. That's if you receive a word of prophecy. all Others will see that progress. Look to yourself or guide yourself so that that what the Lord has ordained can appear. Develop a sound teaching base. It will save you. And it is save all those who believe in you. You want me to summarize that again? One, don't neglect the word of prophecy that comes to you. Two, practice what is instructed in the prophecy. Three, cultivate it. Nourish it. As you meditate on it, you're cultivating it as it were. 4. Meditate upon it. Meditation is not memorizing. How many of you remember that? Meditate. Thinking over it. Over it. Throw yourself wholly into it. In order about believe into it. Throw yourself wholly into it. What's the next one? What number are we now? 6. Your progress is determined by it. God doesn't just speak. Because everything he says, he must bring to pass. So throw yourself wholly into it. Then I said, your progress is determined by it, by the prophetic word that has come into you. Others we see that progress; it will manifest for other people to see that this man begins a progress. Look to yourself. You know that word. Guide yourself so that so that which the Lord has ordained can appear. Look to yourself. In other words, see to it that you are not distracted and not just that. See to it that you don't do things that will make that which the Lord has spoken not to come to pass. Does that make sense? Come on. Does that make sense? Okay. Then I said, develop a sound teaching base. There's a need for you to stay with the word. It will help you nourish what God has given to you. Finally, I said, it means the saving of yourself. Lastly, the saving of others who will believe. And listen to you. Praise the Lord. For further information and message order, please call plus two three four eight zero three four eight one zero eight six nine, or you can visit our website at www.gkai.net. God bless you.